0: Welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I don't know if you know this or not, but today is a big day in the church and it's called Pentecost. Some people know what Pentecost is. Some people have no idea what I'm talking about. And I was talking to someone before church, and they were saying, I used to get so excited for Pentecost. And I was teasing them. I was like, you used to get happy for Pentecost? Like, you don't get happy anymore about Pentecost? Well, no, I do. It was a good conversation. It was funny. But today is Pentecost. And go with me in your Bibles. I'm going to throw a, I, I told Cheryl before the service, I said, I may throw a loop at you, just like I threw a loop last week. And... Uh, So if you don't have a Bible or a phone to look at, Cheryl's going to put the scriptures on the the screen as best as she can, uh, and I'll give her time to get there. So let's start um, in John, John chapter 14. And I want to share some things with you. Babe, can you give me my phone? You've just cleaned up all my stuff here and thrown off my entire groove. No, this is all I need. Nope. <laughs> okay, now you're putting all my trash on the stage. <laughs> Guys, you're seeing real life right now. If you're not if you're not married, this is a good picture of what marriage is and it's amazing. Just amazing. <laughs> Count it all joy. <laughs> okay. Who was a smart aleck who said that? <laughs> Today is Pentecost. And Pentecost um was the Day of the First Fruits, it was called in Numbers. And it happens seven Sundays or seven Sabbaths after the Passover. And Pentecost is what happened, well, the day of Pentecost is when the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, fell in Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to talk about this. I was going to talk about it for a few minutes and then get into James. But you know what? I'll tell you what. I want to be a church that obeys the voice of God, that obeys the Holy Spirit. And I do not want the Spirit of God to be a side note to our church. All right? I don't want the Holy Spirit to be like some little asterisk beside our name because we are a Spirit-filled church which means we believe in the Spirit of God. We believe in the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent. And we're going to look at some scriptures today to show that. So go with me to John chapter 14. Um, I've got to find it there myself. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hold the boat till I get on. John chapter 14, starting in verse 12, Um, and towards the end of Jesus' physical ministry on earth, he began to talk to his disciples about this new, uh, this new entity, this new um, uh, uh, picture of who God is. And in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says this to the disciples He says, I tell you the truth, anybody who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Say, same works. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to do the same works as Jesus. I don't know if you believe what you just said. Well, let's get there. She says, I tell you the truth. Now, this is Jesus talking, and we know that Jesus wasn't a sneaky little liar. He didn't pull tricks. He didn't pull fast ones on us. We're like, guess what, guys? You're going to do this. (laughs) Ha, ha, just kidding. You're not. No. (laughs) No, he says, I tell you the truth. Anybody who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater. Even greater works than what Jesus did. Because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it. So the son can bring glory to the father. Then down in verse 16, he says this. I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate. And that word in the Greek is paracletes. And it means comforter, encourager, counselor. The New Living Translation translates it as advocate, someone who is fighting on your behalf. That's what an advocate is, right? Like if you go and you're in court, your person fighting for you is your advocate and they stand before the judge and they're fighting on your behalf. And he says, I will sin and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Say all truth. The Holy Spirit will not lead you into error. He will not trick you. He will not deceive you. He will lead you into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't even looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Let's go to John chapter 16. Jesus is talking again. He's still talking, actually. And in verse 5, it says, But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and none of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've said to you. But in fact, it's better for you, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but I will tell you what he has heard. But he will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. And he will bring me glory by telling you whatever receives from me. So this is what the Holy Spirit is. This is who he is. This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. He said, I gotta go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And in fact, it's better if I go away because right now I'm just one person and I can only do so much by myself. But if I go away, then the Holy Spirit, I will send him to you. And then because the Holy Spirit has been sent down to you, like it said in John chapter 14, the same works that Jesus did, you will do and even greater because the same Spirit that lived in Christ lives and dwells on the inside of you. I don't know if you just picked up what I said. I think it's great that we took communion today. Because we're talking about communion is remembering what Christ did for us. The price that Christ paid on the cross. The blood that was shed. The new covenant that was made by his blood. And now here we are talking about Pentecost. And, and Pentecost was 50 days after Passover. And Jesus was saying, I've got to go away, guys, I've got to leave, I've got to go to the cross, and then I've got to go to heaven so that God will send the Holy Spirit down to you so that you can walk around earth and be my disciples and teach and preach and go lay hands on the sick and be full of my spirit and bring life everywhere that I go. You know what I'm tired of hearing? Can I just tell you what I'm tired of hearing? I am tired of sitting down with people who go on the missions field, and they are telling me all the amazing things that happen around the world. Those are great things to hear. And that's exciting, but here's what I'm tired of. I'm tired that we don't see it on Sunday mornings here. I'm tired that we don't see it on Wednesday afternoon when you're walking around Walmart and there's somebody that needs prayer and you don't pray for them and you don't see whatever it is they need. I'm tired of only hearing these amazing things that are happening by the Spirit of God other places in the world. You know, we are not excluded from the Holy Spirit in Canada. God is wanting to move in your life. God wants to move at your job. God wants to move at your school. God wants to move wherever you're at, whenever you're there. God is wanting to move. You encounter people every day that need the Jesus you have inside of you. And I am pointing like crazy today. So you just better deal with it. Let's go to Acts. Acts chapter 1. Father, would you just say what you want to say today? And would you just move the way that you want to move? We remove agendas and plans. And you just move in this place. God, I ask that you begin to open eyes and ears and hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. God, we desire you more than anything else in our life. And I come against any distractions. I come against any weapon from the enemy that would try and prevent your word finding soil to be planted in. And we say that your words bring life and healing and wholeness right now in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus is speaking. He's talking to his disciples, and it says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, saying this Hey, guys, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. He's talking about what he was talking about in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. He's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I love how Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the gift. He is a gift for us. It is God's presence living inside of you so that every circumstance you face, so that every situation that you're going through, that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit who speaks to you all truth, who reminds you of what Jesus says to you, who reminds you of what Jesus says about you, who is the same Spirit that raised Christ to the dead that is living inside of you, enabling you to face every circumstance, every difficulty, every pain, every emotion. That Spirit lives on the inside of you, and somebody better get happy before I run out of breath. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6 says, so when the apostles were there, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? There was a lot of Jews that thought that Jesus came, the Messiah came to set up an earthly kingdom. And that was actually a lot of the issues that most of the Jews had with Jesus because they were looking for an earthly kingdom to be established. And they thought that Jesus was going to free them from the Roman oppression. They thought Jesus was going to set them free in that way. They did not know that Jesus was talking about a heavenly kingdom and a new salvation. They couldn't understand it, so they kept asking these questions. And he replies to them and he says, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's go again, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let's talk about that word power. A lot of you may know this, and some of you may have no idea, but in the Greek, that word for power is dunamis. And here's the kind of power it is. It's not physical strength. It's miraculous, miracle-working power. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So if you're not seeing things in your life, if you're not seeing miraculous workings taking place in your life, maybe it's because you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you and flowing through you. Jesus said, you're going to do the same things that I did and even greater. What did Jesus do? Raise people from the dead. Cast out demons, open blind eyes, spit in the mud, rub the mud in the dude's eyes. The guy's eyes popped open, he can see. Fed thousands of people with only a tiny few loaves and some fish, not once, but twice. And one of the Gospels, I forget which one it is, maybe it's Mark or Luke. At the end of it says, Basically, that all the good things that Jesus did, there's not enough paper in the world to write them all down. Jesus went around doing good everywhere he went, healing the sick, breaking off chains, setting the oppressed free, bringing the dead back to life. And he said to his disciples, Jesus said this, the same things that I did, you're going to do an even greater. And then he says here, his last words, guys, these are Jesus' last words. In the next verse, he floats up to heaven. So he's really getting down to brass tacks. Guys, my train's coming. I got two minutes left and when my train shows up at the station, then I'm out of here. But before I go, I just want to say I turned off the lights in the kitchen. I turned off. The oven is like shut off. But there's one more thing I want to tell you before I go to heaven, and I'm not with you anymore. And this is what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that go and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit that I promised you, that God promised you. And when you get that Holy Spirit, you will receive Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. You don't receive that power to hoard it to yourself. You don't have the Holy Spirit living inside you to feel good about yourself and just to take care of yourself. You receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses around the world. It's true, right? Right. He says, telling people about me everywhere, everywhere. Look at your neighbor and say everywhere, everywhere. And where where does everywhere mean? It does mean everywhere, it does it? It means right here. It means across the street. It means if you go to Burger King after church and get two Whoppers for $7, I don't know, it could be a thing. It is, because I get it. If you go there, you could, you could be a witness about Jesus in Burger King eating your Whopper with the ketchup and mayonnaise stuck all over your face. It means that when you go to work, you are called to be a witness about Jesus when you're there. It doesn't mean you have to be a weird witness. It means you got to listen to the voice of the Spirit inside of you and do what He says you do. Go with me to chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. says, On the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place on the day of pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place and in the new king james it says they were in one accord one accord and i think in the greek that word is homothumaden And it means that they were there together with one purpose, one mind, one intention. They were there gathered for one thing. And what do you suppose that one thing was? They were waiting for the gift of the Spirit that Jesus said would come. So it says all the believers are meeting together in one place. And let me just say this. We're about to see in the next verse the Holy Spirit fall on them and people's lives transformed and changed for forever. But it started out with them being together in unity. It started out with them being in one accord. There's got to be unity. There's got to be oneness for the spirit to be moving. There can't be disunion. There can't be dysfunction in the purest sense of the word. This, there can't be uh, disjointedness. There has to be unity for the spirit of God to flow and move the way that he desires. That's why Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself won't stand. So here he says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven At this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Here's why. Because it was Pentecost. And Pentecost was one of the three feasts every year where the male Jewish men were required to go back to Jerusalem and give an offering. So all these guys had showed up in Jerusalem to bring and present their offerings, and they're all here. And what do you suppose happens? The Holy Spirit falls and God shows up. Coincidence? Not in the least. Do you think it is coincidence that Jesus is sacrificed at Passover and then 50 days later at the, the, the feast of the first fruits, the day of the first fruits, that the Holy Spirit falls and people's lives begin to get radically transformed and changed? Come on. No way. This is God's plan all along. says there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everybody came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Come on, now let, me, let me say something here. They were, they, they were drawn by the noise. They were drawn by what was taking place. They were drawn by what they heard. When the Holy Spirit begins to move in and through you, people are going to hear about it. People are going to hear about what God is doing in you. People are going to hear about what God is doing in Hope City. People are going to hear about what God is doing in Abbotsford, British Columbia, in what the God is doing in the Fraser Valley. And when they hear it, they are drawn to it. When Jesus went anywhere, what happened? People were drawn to him because the miracles and the signs and the wonders that he had done. We're not craving the signs and wonders. That's not the point. The point is to bring healing and hope to the lost and the broken, to break off the chains, to set the blind, uh, to give them sight. That's the point. There's a sound. There's a sound when the Spirit of God is present. There's a sound when the Holy Spirit falls. And they heard it. And it drew them. You're going to find people being drawn to you. You're going to find that the spirit of God begins to work in you. And you're going to find that when that spirit of God is working inside of you, when you begin to step out in the things that God has called you to do. Listen, they could have kept their mouth shut probably if they wanted to. But they were expecting God to move. They were expecting. They were sitting up in that room just waiting. He said to wait, so I'm just going to sit here and wait. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how long we're going to stay up here. I brought a backpack full of food. I got a lot of hummus, some carrots, and tomatoes, and I rode my camel, and he's fed and watered, and we're good. And we're going to sit here and wait. And they were waiting, and they were expecting. They were expecting God to move. There's got to be some expectation in your life for God to move, and to see Him move, and to see the Spirit of God flowing through you. Listen, we want God to move in our life, but there's no expectation. We think God is going to do it through somebody else. We think that, oh man, somebody else is going to do the work for me. Listen, God wants you to expect Him to move. God wants you to be looking for him in your life. So there's this sound, and it draws everybody to them. They all come up, and they're like, oh man, these guys are all drunk, the Bible says. It says in the next verse, um, verse 7, They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, these people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we hear all these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Didn't Jesus say That the Holy Spirit would point to God and give him the glory? They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. What can this mean? Hmm. Other people in the crowd ridiculed them saying they're just drunk. That's it. They're drunk. They must have had a crazy party because it was 9 o'clock in the morning, the Bible says. They must have had a crazy party. They went all night long and they're still drunk, some people said. But the people said, what can this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? You're going to find people coming up to you and asking you questions about God. Asking you about Jesus. Asking you why you're different than them. Why don't you act like me? Why don't you say the same things I do? Why don't you dress like me? Why don't you listen to the same music? Why don't you want to go watch that movie? Why don't you want to partake in this? Why don't you want to do this? What is different about you? Why are you always happy? Why are you full of joy all the time? Why doesn't your life stink like my life stinks? What can this mean? And she say, oh, good question. Glad you asked. I was hoping you'd ask. Now, let me tell you why my life is different than you. Because I've got somebody in my life that changed and transformed me. His name is Jesus Christ. (laughs) Peter gets up in verse 14 and begins to preach this long sermon to them. Begins to tell them how they're wrong, how they're not drunk. And this is the Spirit of God that was promised to them back in the book of Joel. Verse 38 at the end, let's look at verse 37. It says this Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? In some translations, say, What must we do to be saved? What must we do to be saved? Peter replies to each of them and he says, you must repent of your sins. And turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your kids and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation and those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 people in all (laughs) the crazy thing about like when God hijacks your service is you really got to listen to the voice of God and you really got to trust that you're hearing what God is saying and what God is wanting to do and then at the same time, as I'm up here listening to God speak and following and obeying his voice and his promptings, I am trusting that that same voice that told me, no, you got to do this, you got to talk about this today, is working inside each and every one of you, unlocking things in your heart, unlocking those areas where you've kept locked up for so long or changing your thoughts or changing your beliefs or breaking off those chains or breaking down those walls that have been built around your heart or healing those hurts and that I am believing that as I am speaking and talking about the Holy Spirit that he is working in your life yeah awesome that's awesome And that's what this is about. That's what this is about. We come here and we listen to the voice of God and we do and we say what he wants to say, trusting and believing that there is healing, health and hope that is coming and taking place in our lives so that when we leave this place, we live a victorious life that people come up and say, huh, what is different about you? What do you got that I don't have? I know today Today's Pentecost Sunday, the day that we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven and infilling all believers who call on him. And I know today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's people here, That there are things locked up inside of you where the Spirit of God is saying, hey, I want to come into your life and I want to bust those things wide open. I want to break off those things, those hurts and those pains that you've been carrying around for forever. I want to bust that off your life once and for all. I want to bring healing to your broken heart. I I, want to bring the hurts that are in your mind and in your soul and I want to salve them over. I want to bring my love and my healing power to those areas in your life so that when you leave today, you don't leave the same as when you came in. And so that when you leave, you can be a testimony and a witness to Jesus Christ. See, it says in Judea, Judea, Samaria, no, Jerusalem's in there. Yeah, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And the rest of the world. It's talking about right where you live. It's talking about the city you live in. It's talking about the Fraser Valley you live in. And it's talking about the rest of the world. Stand up with me. Mm-hmm.
1: Can we get the worship team on the platform, please? I've had this song on repeat all week and uh, first heard it at the Bethel um, worship night. That um, Tasha wrote here, mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. But God, we believe. Because yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. And giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Because God, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Just close your eyes for a moment. And it says, we are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. Because God, we need a move. If we just lift our hands? God, we need a move. You know, it can get exciting thinking about what God wants to do through us. But he wants to do something in us first. And I just wrote some notes while my husband was preaching this morning. He said, God, what do you want to say to me this morning? When we're postured before God, we are postured for God to work in us and through us. There has to be some waiting church for there to be some filling. There has to be some filling before there's a pouring out. We can do a lot of things, but we can't do much without Jesus, and we can't do a lot without the power of the Holy Spirit. And this was the kicker from him to me. We all want to be used, but are we surrendered enough to wait and be filled until he tells us to move? Did you hear that? We all want to be used, but are we surrendered enough? Are we surrendered enough at his feet today to wait? Like they waited in the upper room. Are we surrendered enough like that with our hummus and our chips and our kids screaming around us, just waiting and saying, where are you, God? Where are you, Holy Spirit? When are you going to move? Are we surrendered enough to wait and be filled until he tells us to move? God is moving each and every day in every life in this room. And I think many times we miss the spectac- or we miss the supernatural because we are so focused on looking for this, what we think is the spectacular. I got a text on my phone late last night and they said, Pastor Jenny, God did a miracle in my life. And I couldn't wait to get to the next line on the text. And she said, we've never been asked for lunch after church on a Sunday. And we were asked for lunch tomorrow. And she said, miracles are taking place in our life. You know what that miracle was? It wasn't the lunch. It was relationship. That's significant. That's significant. Are we surrendered enough to wait on him? Are we surrendered enough to lean in? Are we surrendered enough to listen and just sit? When we think that nothing is happening, there are things happening greater beyond the things that we can see because it needs to happen inside of us first. Sometimes the miracle starts with forgiveness. Sometimes the miracle starts with kindness. Sometimes the miracle starts with going to nights like this is my story next Friday night. So we sit there and we listen to one another's stories as women. And we get eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts of compassion to begin to see people. See, Peter and John waited in that room. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. Saw the lame beggar. And they said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have. God gave them eyes to see, and God gave them ears to hear because they were willing to wait. Are we surrendered enough, church, to wait? Acts 1 8.
0: Jesus told them. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And there's times that you need that power to work things out of you. There's things that you're dealing with in your life. And you can't fight it and you can't deal with it in your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit's power to work that thing and to break it and break its stronghold off your life. And if you're here in this place today and you say, I need that miracle working power in my life, then I want you just, everybody's got their eyes closed, I want you to slip your hand up. If you need God's miracle working power in your life to break off chains, to break off things that have been there for far too long, to break off hurts, to break down walls, He said, you will receive power, miracle working power to bring restoration, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring life. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And all across this place, hands are raised up right now. All across this place, people are saying, I need the Holy Spirit's power in my life. And we're going to pray right now that the Holy Spirit shows up in your life. And here's your part. Like the disciples, they were in expectation. They were in waiting. They were in the upper room waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you've got your hand up, I want you to raise your hand up like you are drowning and you need somebody to see you and raise it up there saying I need the Holy Spirit's power in my life. So Father, right now we ask for your Spirit to come down and to touch these people's hearts and lives where they're at right now. Father we are in expectation for your spirit and I am trusting God and I am believing that right now your spirit is falling all across this place and your miracle working power is finding its way into hearts and lives to bring healing and to bring health and to bring wholeness to these people in Jesus name so that as they walk out of this place they leave transformed and changed with miraculous working power to do the things that you've called them to do to be the people you've called them to be, and to be and go witness to who you are everywhere that their feet touches. Father, I thank you right now for supernatural power. That your spirit is coming and overflowing right now. Whatever those needs are, whatever those chains are, whatever those walls are that built them up, Whatever those hurts are, whatever those pains and those sicknesses, whatever those things are, Father, we say that your Holy Spirit is coming and breaking these things off in the name of Jesus right now. And I say life and healing and health and wholeness all across this place today in Jesus' name. Walls are coming down. Thanks so much for joining us today.